We're going to continue this morning in our verse-by-verse preaching of, I think, one of the most important books for the day we live in, the book of Jude. If you'll go back there with me, please. Right before the last book of your Bible, a small little book. Yet what a prophecy of what's going on in our day and what help we can find if we'll receive it from the Lord. I want you to hold your finger there, though, if you find your place the book of Jude would be very easy to find these texts this morning, one at the end of the Bible, one at the beginning of the Bible. You'll go also to Genesis with me, please, chapter 4, Genesis chapter 4. So we have Genesis 4 and the little book of Jude. Our text that we're looking at today is in verse number 11, and it's really just a part, of, just a third of this verse that introduces us to a subject that we need to look at this morning together and let God speak to us. I'm in verse number 11 in the book of Jude. It says, Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the error of Balaam for reward and perished in the gainsaying of Korah. This morning we're preaching about the way of Cain. So let's read about that way in Genesis chapter 4. If you'd look there with me, please. The Bible said in verse number 1, And Adam knew Eve his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel. Why didn't she say, I've gotten another man from the Lord? The man she thought she got from the Lord was of the wicked one, the Bible says. And the man that she really got from the Lord, she didn't even acknowledge it. Strange, is it not? Verse 2, and she again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth. And his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? And why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground, and now art thou cursed from the earth which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. When thou tillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength. A fugitive and a vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. And Cain said unto the Lord, My punishment 
is greater than I can bear. If you go back to the book of Jude, I want to point out something to you. I think it's very interesting, and I think it's worth notating in your heart as we're going through this book of Jude about the days of apostasy, people turning away from the truth. Up until this point, we have been looking at groups of people. We look at our world as a, as a whole, as a group. We look at society as a group. We look at nations and we see the apostasy. But there's something that changes gears in our text. When we, we're in verse 4 of the book of Jude, he's talking about certain men. That's a, a group of men. That's a plurality of people that are creeping in and have turned away and are turning the grace of God. And then he, in verse number 5, he talks about the people that he brought out of the land of Egypt and then how they were destroyed after because they turned from the truth. So that's the people. That's, that's the nation of Israel. That's a whole group of people. In verse number 6, we preached about the angels that sinned and it was not one or two. That was a whole group of angels that followed in this uh, leaving heaven and leaving God and leaving their place. So it was, it was a group of angels. And when we get to verse number 7, as we preached last time, we preached about Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them. So we're talking about whole cities and groups of cities and nations, if you please, that have turned away from the truth and turned away from God and how that whole area was depraved and judged by God. But here in our text, in verse number 11, God changes gears and He's not talking about people groups and he's not talking about cities and he's not talking about nations and he's not talking about uh, our world as a whole. He's talking about individuals. Would you look at verse 11 again? He says, Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain. That's an individual. They've ran greedily after the heir of Balaam. That's an individual. For reward and perished in the gainsaying of Korah. That is an individual. These are three individual stories in the Bible that God puts in the Word of God for our uh, warning and for our instruction. And this is what we can learn from that apostasy, though it's it's sweeping the world and sweeping society and sweeping our nation and groups of people. Apostasy occurs one person at a time. It's an individual problem. It's not just a worldwide problem. It's not just a group problem. It's an individual problem. What happens is God gets a a child or a husband or a wife to turn away from the truth to then lead the rest. God or or, or the devil gets a, 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 a husband or a wife or a child to turn away from the truth. And then the rest begin following that direction. The devil gets a pastor or the deacons or the men of the church to go a certain way. And then he turns the rest of the congregation in the church the devil does. Or the devil starts working in, in places of leadership in a nation and gets individuals one at a time. And as people turn away from God one at a time, it just spreads like a cancer. So here's what we're learning. Don't be that individual. You can't do anything about what's happening in the nation. You can't do anything about what's going to happen before Jesus is going to come to this earth. But you need to be, you need to be careful individually about your own heart and your own way. 
we get these illustrations of these three men in the Bible. They could be anyone. And and by the way, all of these individuals were connected with God. These aren't aren't people that don't know God. These are people that know God very well. (laughs) Cain... Cain probably knew God in, in a closer way than, than you know God because he was able to talk to him, you know, back and forth. They could have a conversation audibly. Cain can talk to God. God talks to Cain. He, he knows God. Cain is not an atheist. He, he's, a, he's, a, he's a believer in God. Balaam. <laughs> Balaam knew God to the point he was a prophet that everybody wanted to go to because anything he preached was right. Anything he preached came to pass. Korah. Korah was one of the leaders in the nation of Israel. Do, are you getting the picture? These are individuals, not that, that, that have no knowledge of God, but these are individuals that are very close to the things of God, and they are God's examples to us about how we need to watch our individual life. Look at our verse again in verse number 11. He says, he starts it this way, Woe unto them! Exclamation point. Now, It would be wonderful if life was just sugar pops and roses and fairy tales. There's a lot of woe in life. Woe unto them. You know, the Bible's filled with with negative messages. And it's not because God's a negative God. He's a positive God. He wants to keep you from the negative. He wants to keep the judgment out of our lives, so He gives us the warning. He says, woe unto them! Exclamation point. Now, you know, you will not hear a lot of woes in most pulpits or places or or through religion that people don't want to preach about woes. But, But this is not just woe unto them. It is to a certain group of people. But look at, look at the verse again. Woe unto them! Exclamation point. Did you know the Bible has feeling in it? Please don't read the Bible like a monotonous book. I never forget when I first started texting. And really, I just followed how I used to do my emails because I just like to push the caps and just, then you don't have to cap, you know, you don't have to capitalize anything. And I never forget when I got back, why are you yelling? So I'm not yelling, I'm texting. I'm sending you an email. But we communicate it. But by the way, quit reading things in texts that aren't said. (laughs) You can't get a tone out of a text. I know you think you can. That's why we're so in trouble because people quit talking to each other. Anyway, that's another sermon, but... But if you want to communicate something a different way, you change the punctuation. You change. This is what is known as an exclamatory sentence. It has an exclamation point. There's feeling in it. There are a lot of exclamation points in the Bible. And if we really did justice to the Bible, I should not have even read the text how I read it. I should have read it this way. Woe unto them! God pity a church that there's never any emotion and there's never any exclamation points. 
There's exclamation point in the Bible. Why? Because there's some, some feeling there. There's some emotion there. There is some urgency there. By the way, there are places in your Bible that have all capitals where God shouts. Do you know that? It's really in the next book. I'll just read to you. He said in Revelation chapter 18 and verse number 5, all caps, he says, in the middle of this verse, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. God's trying to tell you something. He's trying to tell it very emphatically. And then the very next chapter in Revelation 19 and verse number 16, talking about our Lord Jesus Christ when He comes again, amen. And He hath on His vesture, on His thigh, name, a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. All caps. Don't read the Bible like a dead book. Don't read, read. There is emotion there. There is feeling there. The Spirit of God's trying to communicate to us there and even so in our verse. Woe unto them! Listen to the exclamation. The first thing I want to say about the way of Cain. The way of Cain is a world of woe. It is a world of woe. What is woe? Woe is sorrow. Woe is distress. Woe is calamity. Woe is affliction. Woe is the state of mourning or or misery. That's what woe is. Anybody want to sign up for a woe this morning? Anybody, anyone want a life of sorrow? Anyone want a life of misery? The recipe for the woe is in the verse. You'll not escape it. There's so many woes in the Bible. The Bible tells you if you how you, you can have a life of suffering if you want, or misery if you want, or distress or mourning if you want. And he also tells you how to have a life of peace if you want it. How to have a fulfilled life. It's up to you what you want to choose. You know who the greatest woe preacher was? It was Jesus. You ever read his sermons? If somebody really wanted to preach like Jesus, they probably wouldn't have a very good congregation or very much of a congregation after a while. Jesus, just... Randomly pick one. Matthew 23. Jesus preaches a message and he gives eight woes in them with exclamation, with feeling. He was the woe preacher. Woe! He preached woes to the Pharisees. He preached woes to the, to the scribes. He preached woes to the hypocrites. He preached woes to the lawyers. He preached woes to those that would betray him. He preached woe to the cities and the synagogues that had received the greatest light and the greatest messages from his lips. Woe unto them. You know, still it is still true. The way of transgressors is hard and you can have a life of woe if you want. And all you have to do is go in the way of Cain. You say, Preacher, I, I, I'm trying to live the Christian life and I'm, I'm living in a state of woe. Well, then there's something else wrong. There's something else that's out of whack. Because the Christian life isn't a life of woe. It can be a life of persecution. It can be a life, life of affliction. But it's not a life of woe. Because 
The Bible lets us know, even through all of the illustrations of believers in the New Testament, that in, light, in spite of all that, there's great joy. There, 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 there's wonderful peace. There is the fullness of the Spirit, which has all of those wonderful characteristics of Jesus Christ that are placed in our heart if we're living the Christian life. Woes come because we go in the way of Cain. We're not talking about the exterior of our life. We're talking about what's going on on the inside of our heart. Woe unto them, there's a certain group of people that take part in this life of woe. And by the way, the book of the Revelation tells us the woes are yet to really come to this planet. Revelation chapter 8, Revelation chapter 9, Revelation chapter 11, Revelation chapter 12. Over and over the Bible says, all right, here's another woe that's coming to to planet earth. Guys, it's not even got bad yet. I mean, it's not even starting to get bad yet. And praise God, like Brother Earl used to sing, I'll be gone. Hallelujah. God has not, not, not called me to wrath. He's not appointed me to wrath. He's not appointed me to the woes. I have a Christian life. I have Jesus in my heart. Woe unto them. The woes are coming. You know what, what's happening right now? The woes are not right now. The seeds are being planted that the harvest of woe is coming later. Woe unto them. Oh, how I want the best for you this morning. How I don't want you to live a life of woe and sorrow and misery and distress and mourning. That's not the the life God wants for any of us. But that is the life that comes if we go in the way of Cain. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain. If you go on the way of Cain, it is a world of woe. The way of Cain, the second thing I want to say about the way of Cain is very, very, very simplistic. The way of Cain is not the way of God. That's why it's called the way of Cain. Cain didn't go God's way, he went his own way. If Cain could testify, if he had a uh, phrase that would, uh, that would uh, summarize his life, it would be, I want my way. He just, he, he did what he wanted to do. He brought the offering to God that he wanted to bring. Now notice when we talk about going uh, man's way instead of God's way. We're not, we're not talking about you hanging out at the bar all the time or doing dope or being an adulteress or, or a fornicator or something like that. What we're talking about, look, anytime you go a different way than the will of God is for your life, you're following the way of Cain. Look, what did Cain do that was so awful? He brought what God didn't want. He did what he wanted to do instead of what God wanted him to do. He did what he was interested in instead of what God expected. There is no, I mean, guys, his sin, his sin, as he comes to God, he, he's sinning in church, as it were. His way is bringing an offering to God. Of the fruit of the ground that he has labored for. I mean, won't God just receive anything? No, it doesn't look like he will. Won't God just look at us and say, well, he did the best he could. Cain's way is just his way. It's not God's way. Two times in your Bible, in the book of Proverbs, it says this. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man. 
but the end thereof are the ways of death. Probably this morning, if you're not going God's way, you probably think it's okay. Cain didn't think there's anything wrong with what he did. That's why he got so mad at God. What did I do wrong? I didn't do anything wrong. I brought you an offering. I didn't do anything wrong. Most people that are going in the way of Cain, they have no idea that they're even in the wrong way. Matter of fact, when you get in the way of God, usually somebody has to teach you that. Listen to this. Well, just turn over there. Go to Acts chapter 18. The way of Cain is not God's way. It's his way. The most dangerous thing you can do in your life is do what you want to do. How did we get here in this day of apostasy, preacher? People are doing just what they want to do. They don't care what God wants them to do. They're not interested in the life God wants them to live. And they see nothing wrong with what they want to do. And they justify what they want to do. But it's not God's way. It's their way. And if you go God's way, somebody will probably have to sit you down and help you understand it. Acts chapter 18, Acts chapter 18, we find one of the greatest preachers really in the Bible. He, it, the Bible says in Acts 18 verse 24, And a certain Jew uh, named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the Scriptures, came to Ephesus. Well, you'd admit, think there's nothing wrong this guy. He knows the He's mighty in the scriptures. He's eloquent. He's a great preacher. He's a smart guy. Alexandria is the seat of learning in that day and age. Verse number 25. This man was instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in spirit. He spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. And he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, whom when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, watch it, they took him unto them and expounded unto him What does it say? The way of God. More perfectly. Thank God for the husband and wife team of Aquila and Priscilla. And thank God for the humility of a preacher to recognize that his way wasn't really God's way. At least not in the fullness of it. He didn't understand everything about the way of it. I'm telling you, there is such a danger. When you believe and know that you're right, just like Cain and, and could have been Apollos, you're so much in danger because there's such, there's such ways that seem right unto us. We know. Cain, I'm sure when Cain brought, amen, all of his pumpkins and turnips and potatoes and carrots and he had a smile on his face. He just knew God would love it. And then when he plopped it down there, and God says, I don't respect that. I don't want that. What? How dare he? That's what we do with God so many times. How dare you, God, tell me that my way is not right? How dare you rebuke me? How dare you not accept what I want to do? How, how dare you not, not get on board with what I'm trying to do here? 
the bad thing about the way of Cain, it's just not God's way. Jesus said, I am the way. Guys, if we don't go God's way, if we don't go Jesus' way, we, we need to forget our way, forget our desire, forget our plans, forget how we can figure it out, forget what we want. And we need to say, Lord, whatever you want, you are the way and you are the truth and you are the life. They came to Jesus Christ and they weren't even, they didn't even have a right motive, I don't believe, in Matthew chapter 22. And they said, Master, we know that thou art true and teachest the way of God in truth. They said, one thing we know about you, Jesus, you you tell us what the way of God is. So why don't we go Jesus' way? Why don't we let him have his will? If he don't want my pumpkin, throw it in the trash. Make pumpkin pies. Give it to your kids. Quit trying to make God accept things that you like. Quit trying to force God into the life that you want. That's the way of Cain. And it always ends the same. And whoa. We're not talk- Do you understand? We're not talking about heinous sins. We're talking about bringing fruits and vegetables. And- That's not what God wanted. Because God had a certain thing he accepted. You know what it was? It was blood. He had showed that example in the garden when he clothed Adam and Eve when they sinned. And God requires a blood offering. He requires a blood substitute. You know, I got to thinking about this. Maybe, maybe Cain thought, man, that's gross. Maybe he had a, an aversion, come here now, to killing animals. Well, I don't think that's right to kill that lamb. I, you know what? Those little innocent lambs, and I saw Abel over there. I saw him cutting the throat of that lamb, and that's, that's butchery. That, that, that's, that's cruel. I'm not going to do that. You know what's strange? The man that would not bring a blood sacrifice wound up shedding blood. Isn't that ironic? The one that maybe could have said, no, we need to care for the animals. Is that not, is not, not the way of Cain that we're living in every day here in America? Take care of the animals and animal rights and let's love your fur babies, but kill them in the womb. What, what, what freaked out mentality? The people that preach, uh, you know, toleration and acceptance and, and, and helping the people that are marginalized get on the internet and call for the death of the Supreme Court justices and call for the death of any news reporter and his wife and his family that would dare go against their ideology. Do you see the bloodthirsty nature of society while they in their sanctimonious platform say they care? That's Cain. Oh, let's not kill the animal. Let's just kill the Bible-believing people. And mark it down. 
if it was not for the power of God and the withholding of the Spirit of God in this world, they would line up every Bible-believing follower of Jesus Christ and they would cut your neck off in a minute because they're bloodthirsty people because they don't want the way of God. The way of Cain is not God's way. So I ask you this morning, which way are you going? Do you want to go God's way? I love the testimony of Abraham's servant. He said, I, in Genesis 24, he said, I being in the way, the Lord led me. Lord, I just want to be in your way. You know how liberating it is not to have some... um, prerequisite for your life but just go to God and say Lord wherever you lead me I'll go I'll do whatever you want to do I'll say I'll be whatever you want to be and until we get to that place we're in the way of Cain and I think this also was what happens sometimes would you quickly go to first Kings chapter 22 the way of Cain is not the way of God and sometimes it's not just our own personal way that we want Sometimes it's those of people we love and we just follow their way instead of following God. I, I want to say this to you this morning as well. There's only one way of salvation. Even the devils knew that in the book of Acts. As Paul and the apostles were preaching, those devil-possessed people followed them and said, These men show unto us the way of salvation. They knew they were servants of the Most High God. There's only one way to be saved. Jesus said this, that you've got to enter in by the door to get into the sheepfold. And if you try to climb up some other way, you are a thief and a robber. There's only one way to God, and it's through Jesus Christ. There's only one way for you to be saved, and it's not a Baptist way or a Catholic way or a Presbyterian way. It's the Jesus way, and you have to understand that you're a sinner, and without Jesus Christ shed blood on the cross, you're going to go to hell. He is the only substitute. He's the only sacrifice. He is that Lamb of God, and you can be like Cain and say, I'm not interested in that, but you'll just have an eternity full of woe. There is only one one way that God will accept. And that's why he didn't accept Cain. It it didn't matter if they had 25 different people coming up with 25 different ideas. He's got one way he's going to accept. He still has it today. It's through his precious son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Religions don't want to go God's way. They want to mix in their works, mix in what they've done. 1 Kings chapter 22. Boy, this is a this is a probing verse. First Kings chapter 22, verse 52. First Kings 22, 52. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord. Watch it. And walked in the way of his father and in the way of his mother and in the way of of Jeroboam the son of Nebat, who made Israel to sin. For he served Baal and worshipped him and provoked to anger the Lord God of Israel according to all that his father had done. Many times 
not going the way of God is you just going someone else's way. Maybe it's your father. Maybe it's your mother. Maybe it's your grandparents. Maybe it's a friend. I tell you what, that ought to cause pause in every parent's heart. What if your kid is just like you? What if the way of their life follows exactly the way of your life? What if their heart is just like your heart? What if they're only as right with God as you are? What if they'll never be any closer to God than you are close to God? Would, Would that not cause us pause? If there should be any motivation besides we just love God for us to be right and go God's way instead of our way, it's because we want our young ones, we want our babies, we want our children to go God's way. We don't want them to go their way, and we don't even want them to go our way. We want them to go God's way. But how are they going to go God's way if I don't go God's way? The way of Cain is not the way of God. That's just the, as simple as it can be. And if my life is not in the way of the will of God, if it's just what I want, if I'm not humbling my heart and saying, God, which way do you want me to go? How do you want me to live? If I'm not following Jesus Christ, I am in the way of Cain and there's only woe that will follow and I'll lead others to the same place. Woe, of them, woe unto them that have gone in the way of Cain. It's a way of woe. It's a way of... Every way but God's. And then go back to Genesis chapter 4. I'll give you one other thing about the way of Cain. The way of Cain is an angry way. You know, you know how you can spot Cain? He's always mad. Now, I know I preach mad, but when I get out of the pulpit, we'll have a different conversation. I'm like Brother Roloff. When that little boy came up to me and said, why are you so mad? And Brother Roloff said, I'm not mad at you, son. I'm mad at the devil. <laughs> and and then, he, then he went on to preach. He said, I'm not mad at anybody in here this, today. He said, uh, I'm mad at the devil, but if the devil's in you, you're about to get hit. <laughs> but here's the question. Why are people so mad? Why are they so angry? Way of Cain. Oh, no, preacher, I love God. I know God. Cain probably would have said that. I mean, he's going, he's going to a worship service. And he's all happy until he doesn't get his way. You know, you can always spot Cain. <laughs> all you have to do is quit accepting what they like, and you'll find out if you've got a cane or not. Because they don't respond. No, they respond with anger. Genesis chapter 4. Verse 3, in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought the fruit of the ground and offering unto the Lord. And Abel he also brought the firstlings of the flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth. And his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? 
why, why is your countenance fallen, Cain? Hey, Cain, listen. If you did good, I'd accept what you have. But if, if you didn't do right, evil's at the door. Don't get mad at me, Cain. And by the way, why are you getting mad at your brother? Cain, you're just mad at everybody. You can always spot Cain. He's just angry. Angry at the house. Angry at the job. Angry while he's riding down to work. Angry with the people. Angry at church. Just angry. Why are you so angry? Well, I got reason to be angry. Oh, do you? Do you have do you have reason to be angry, Cain? Why are you so mad? Maybe, Cain, you're mad because you got some sin line at the door that's controlling your heart instead of the love of God that's supposed to be controlling your heart. I mean, my, my Bible says the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. That, that's where the love of the brethren comes from. It's not that we're just good people. It's that God dips his love down in our hearts, and we're able to love each other. Because it's his love. So what's wrong with people that are always mad with everybody? Do you understand what I'm trying to preach this morning? I'm trying to save you from the way of Cain. Guys, we're living in a day of apostasy. Yes, we are. There is ruin and trouble and things everywhere that drive you crazy. But in the day of apostasy, don't go the way of Cain. Let God fill your heart with peace. Romans chapter 3, that great chapter. That says there's none righteous, no, not one. You know what else it says? It talks about our ways. It says the way of peace have they not known. They're not at peace in Romans chapter 3. Because sin has clouded their mind, clouded their conscience. He said in in Romans 3.12, they're all, they're all gone out of the way. He said destruction and misery are in their ways. They've just got all this misery and anger and woe because they've not gone God's way. They've gone their way. And now they're just mad. They're mad because they got out of the will of God. And now the anger comes because it's not working out the way they want it to work out. So I'm just mad. And I'm talking with Abel, my brother. What, what did he do? Well, he's always the one that God accepts. You know what the Bible said in 1 John chapter 3, verse 12? It tells us why Cain slew his brother. He was a murderer. It says he was a murderer uh, and he hated his brother because his brother's works were righteous and his were evil. Cain hated his brother because he was more righteous than he was. That's what made him so mad. Give you a little illustration. You can understand it a little bit better. So, I know it would never happen in a godly place with people of God, but in the secular environment, if a woman sees another woman walk into a building or a room that is the most beautiful woman you've ever seen, there's something in her that says, I don't like that. And you can sit there, but that's true. They don't even know who the person is, but 
There's something about human nature, listen, listen, that doesn't like anybody better than you. You may not even know who they are, but maybe they get the the award, maybe they get the promotion, maybe they're smarter than you, maybe they have the better life than you, and so there's some animosity there, I just don't like them. And you may not even know who they are! There's just something about it, I don't like them. Why? They're better than you are. That's what happened with Saul. Saul hated David. What did David ever do to Saul? Just kill his enemies. (laughs) Why did Saul hate David? Because David was better than Saul. And Saul knew it, and so he despised him. Angry at him. Cain is angry because the way of Cain is always rooted in anger at others that are accepted when you're not accepted, and it's just not fair, and it's just not right. Don't go the way of Cain. Broad is the way to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Don't follow the path of Cain and the ruin of his life. God said in Jeremiah 21, He said, I set before you the way of life and the way of death. Choose which one you want. Which way you want? How did, how did Cain's way end up? Not just with his brother being dead. But he gets uh, a mark put, him on, put on him by God. He gets cursed by God. He's a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth. And all Cain can say is my punishment is greater than I can bear. Do you, can you see the way of Cain? He is not even thinking about how his mother and dad are dealing with the murder of his brother. He's not thinking about the pain in their heart. He's not thinking about the pain that he's caused Abel that's in the ground. He's just saying, oh, my punishment is greater than I can bear. This is just not the life that I want. And this is just too hard for me. That's because you've gone the wrong way, sir. You don't even care about anybody's pain and suffering. All you care about is yours. So, we're in a day of apostasy. Will you go in the way of Cain or will you go the way of God? I've, I've tried to give you some things for the Holy Spirit to show you. Am I going Cain's way? Again, we're not talking about smoking dope or watching pornography or having all these wicked things in your life that you're engaged in or these habits that are just so sinful. We're talking about you're at the altar of God, but your life is not what God wants it to be. And all you want is what you want and you don't care what God wants. And your heart's filled with anger because you don't get what you want. It's too hard for you and it's not right. And everybody's the problem. Abel's the problem. Adam and Eve's the problem. God's the problem. And my heart's not filled with peace and joy and love and gentleness and goodness and meekness and temperance. Not because of the circumstances that I live in in the day of apostasy. 
but because I'm going Cain's way instead of God's way.